As superhero movies are becoming mainstream entertainment at theaters around the world, comic fans also have plenty of heroic action on the small screen to keep them sated while waiting for the next blockbuster. We are in a golden age of superhero television shows, with plenty of offerings from both the Marvel and DC universes, and the trend shows no sign of slowing down. To chronicle these recent shows and even examine some of the classics, we are proud to present Weekly Heroics, a two true freaks guide to heroes on TV. In every podcast, we'll be doing recaps of individual episodes of one Marvel show and one DC show until we catch up to them or some supervillains shut us all down. My name is Scott McGregor, and I'm the fastest podcaster alive. That's what she said. And I'm Chris Tyler, one of your agents of cool. To bring you this podcast, we each have to become someone else. We each have to become something else. As a child, my planet Krypton was dying. I was sent to Earth to protect my cousin. But my pod got knocked off course, and by the time I got here, my cousin had already grown up and become Superman. And so I hid my powers, until recently when an accident forced me to reveal myself to the world. To most people, I'm an assistant at CatCo Worldwide Media. But in secret, I work with my adoptive sister for the DEO to protect my city from alien life and anyone else that means to cause it harm. I am Supergirl. Hi, welcome to Weekly Heroics, the Two True Freaks Guide to Heroes on TV. And we're going to continue our our coverage this week of uh, Supergirl stuff. Season one, uh, I'm Scott McGregor, one of your co-hosts. This is your other co-host, Chris Tyler. Hey. Hair metal hero. And together we form Binge Storm. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, Read up on the mythology if you want to know us better. Go get the back issues, man. It's always important. Anyway, we're covering Supergirl Season 1, Episodes 7 and 8 for you tonight. And I've drawn the lot to start first. Episode 7 is called Human for a Day. And because as we remember at the end of last episode... Kara found out that she was bleeding, which she doesn't do a lot, being a super-powered Kryptonian and all. And we find out that her powers got depleted to almost normal human levels after her battle with the Red Tornado. Uh, She's talking to Hologram Mom, who's doing some exposition for her, that uh, her Kryptonian cells are just down a couple pints of that good yellow sun stuff. And uh, she's, you know, will recover eventually, hopefully. Uh, She's sick of being tested and prodded and is frustrated that she isn't recovering quicker. Kara and Alex do a quick uh, little discussion about not trusting Hank. We have found out previously, you know, was there at uh, Jeremiah's death and uh, might be a little bit of a shady character. At work, Kara, although we know he has red eyes at this point, so something's going on there. At work, Kara has cold-like symptoms, and Wynn is uh, deployed to do some research on how long it might take her to get her powers back. Cat hears Kara sneeze and gives her an over-the-top lecture about germs before sending her home. <laughs> and uh, back at the lab, we meet Jem, master of the faceless hunters, who I actually originally thought was maybe Despero for a second when I first saw him. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Despero has like an eye in the middle of his head, doesn't he? Instead of yes, he does. Yeah. But uh, I think a gem was a uh, comic book villain somewhere along the line. He just seems to gem. Some isn't he son of Saturn? Is that the same gem? I don't know. It's above my DC pay grade. <laughs> okay, by a, by a long shot. But he looks like he could be a classic, you know, DC 
alien villain. Uh, he's in a cell, and Hank is kind of heckling him a bit, uh, but he has a memory triggered by Jem when he talks about killing his loved ones. Hank just kind of says under his breath, well, there's no one left to kill. Hmm. Yeah. That could mean something. Hmm. Alex takes a note, a note of the conversation, and Kara bumps into James, because um, you can do that in National City. It's just so small that you randomly bump into your best friends all the time when you're on the street. <laughs> <laughs> And he learns that she lost her powers uh, doing a solar flare move, which she wasn't aware she was doing, apparently, uh, which I guess is... That's a new 52 yeah, power. Yeah, I, I remember reading about that in, in some website, but uh makes sense, I guess. Uh, I guess we know what's happening when Kara is doing her uh, maximum heat vision angry face. That's yeah. how, how she uh, took out the tornado. They get to laugh at how much of a nerd Clark is, too, a little bit. Um, I got thinking about that. It's like, wouldn't it be kind of cool if, like, Kara and James were busting on Clark, you know, behind his back, and he, he just all of a sudden swooped in, and he's like, super hearing, you know. It's almost <laughs> yeah. like I'm right here. You guys are talking to me, talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> James tell her, tells her to enjoy the time off from super girling, and Kara has to go and tempt fate, of course, by saying, ah, the world can survive without Supergirl for one day. And not one thousandth of a second later, an earthquake begins. Of course it does. And, it's National City. Yeah, and Kara almost gets uh, hit by a car. Plus, Mr. McSpulplick, or whatever his name is, you must have been listening and be like, oh yeah, Kara? Blamo. How the hell do you say his name? Who's? Mr. Uh, too Many Consonants, McSpulplick. Mixes Pitlick? Miss, yeah, that, exactly. Could never get that one. <laughs> anyway, the DEO loses power. Not good enough generators, apparently. And our buddy Jem has escaped. Uh, meanwhile, Kara's arm might be broken. Buildings are damaged and nearly crumbling. Bad stuff happening. Back at the office, Kat is checking on her troops and telling her tech guys to get the station on the air so she can get information to people. And back at the DEO, Alex has apparently hacked Kara's password to Holo Mom because they're using her to get some exposition on Jem. He is apparently a Kryptonian prisoner with unsurpassed psychic powers. Damn, if only we had a superhero on this show with equally formidable psychic powers. I know. Damn. Never never went around where you need them. The, the mostly doomed DEO squad is suiting up. We, we need to talk about the DEO this episode, too. And, uh, and your episode. Uh, and apparently Q Division has whipped up some brain protection <laughs> yeah. for him. Uh, Hank will let Alex go out on the hunt, though, um, which he protests. Wynn figures out how to get the station up and running. Uh, Max Lord is on the news being all like, we're Supergirl now, help ourselves, blah, blah, blah. Cat decides that she needs to counter his message. And um, at the Aliens tribute at the DEO, uh, and again, a good one, too. There's a nice little Aliens callback in that one, I yeah. thought. And with the you know, whole screens and you know watching your soldiers die horribly and stuff. And Jem is coming out of the walls, as do the aliens. Uh, DEO agents are flatlining, general carnage. On the street, Kara and James are confronting Max to tell him to stop being mean to Supergirl because hope. Max compares her to heroin. Why not? And Max reveals he's... I get where you're going with that, Max. And he reveals that he's figured out that Supergirl has lost her powers, maybe permanently. Hmm. Hmm. Alex decides to go all Ripley, uh, but Hank is back uh, alone. Two more dead DEO guys. Uh, they figure out that Jem um, read the head of security's mind, which maybe 
fighting a psychic villain, you don't send the head of security out to never mind. Yeah. And so now he knows how to open the prison and let everybody out, which would be bad and K. Max, who finished uh, med school in a year, he tells us, is trying to help someone's dying dad, but there's no chance of saving him if Supergirl doesn't get her powers back. Uh, and despite using her cutest scrunchy face, she can't get her x-ray vision to work. And it looks like the man is doomed. She's got a cute scrunchy face. Yes, yeah, she does. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Poor Wynn is uh, getting... Uh, the full cat in stress mode treatment as he tries to figure out her tech problems and he, he does eventually and uh, gets her on the air and then is ordered to go find a makeup person. Kara is learning the lesson that you can't save everyone as is necessary in these superhero trope shows mm-hmm. um, and that she's panicking that she may never get her powers back and James tries to comfort her and she tries to go and stops some looting which James unsuccessfully tries to stop, and she wagers uh, just showing up in costume will be intimidating enough to stop people, powers or no. Back in Aliens, uh, D.E.O. guy gets taken over and almost shoots Alex. Um, Kara confronts the robbers, and her injured arm is shaking. In a, in a parallel scene, Kat is broadcasting a message of hope. This is kind of a nicely done scene with the, the kind of two speeches going parallel. Yeah, and Kara de-escalates the situation by giving kind of a similar hope, you know, we, we're better than this type thing speech and saves the day and James gets his money hero shot with uh, his camera and probably a Pulitzer Prize and, and all the all the feels <laughs> Does everybody that used to work for or work for the, uh, the Daily Planet the get a Pulitzer? Yeah, maybe, maybe it's the only super, uh, newspaper left in, in the nation at this point, which would make sense. And they're just, oh, shit, we got to give the Pulitzer <laughs> to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> just so we can keep having these Pulitzer parties. Uh, <laughs> I, I got kind of choked up almost at this scene. It was a, it was a good little, as I said, the parallel between the two speeches and, and just the feeling of, you know, hope and, you know, and... and Supergirl literally being able to be a hero, you know, without powers, which was kind of the yeah. the hero was within you all along, Kara. You know, it's a, it's an old cliche kind of. Yeah, but that's what I want in my yeah, superhero sure. stuff, yeah, especially this one. This is the one you can get away with it, and you know, so it's good to see that you know, touch the little heartstrings a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex is ambushed by Hank of all people as she's uh, doing her Ripley thing and pushed into a room. He yells at her. Alex points a gun at Hank, suspecting he might be uh, mind-controlled himself, and and finally he confronts him about her dad, which I thought was kind of shitty timing with everything else going on, but well. you know, whatever, there's the moment. Alex baits Jem into confronting her by saying she has the prison access codes. Now, James and Kara are bonding over the photo that he took and uh, get a little more of James' backstory. His father was in the Gulf War, first Gulf War and such. Um, you don't need powers to be a hero. Sledgehammer again, uh, even though it helps. You know they hug and Win walks in on it and is noticeably upset. But he has a solution: how she can get her powers back. The poor friend-zoned bastard. Yeah. Uh, you know it's just <laughs> it's like the old the old Simpsons clip with Ralphie Wiggum. It's like you can see the exact moment <laughs> where his heart rips it too. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, poor one. Fend there, buddy. All right. Uh, the, the gas line in uh, Catco building suddenly explodes because it's not a good idea to have people in a high-rise after an earthquake. 
newsflash. <laughs> and we have a towering Inferno situation. Um, the Catco, although the effects budget could not support that this week. The Catco crew uh, start rushing about to try to save the day without powers. Um, back at the DEO, Alex is going full Ripley again, but bullets bounce off a gem, uh, even if she did hit his brain gem and knock it out. Now, he's about to kill her, and she's saved by a Hank Henshaw, who seems a lot stronger than he should be. Yeah. Hmm. Car and company are in an Irwin Allen movie, and uh, James does the long elevator shaft climb to save people. Yeah. Uh, another rumble almost uh, it reminded me of the, the Poseidon Adventure, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> another rumble almost sends James to his death, and Kara's adrenaline reignites her powers just in the nick of time to save him, and then she flies off to deal with uh, the rest of the emergencies, including a school bus save that that I, I thought looked a little familiar, and I had, yeah. I, I had a reevegasm, I have to admit. <laughs> so. All right. I'm trademarking that word, Reevegasm. Okay. <laughs> Back at the TEO. <laughs> this is the danger of writing your own synopsis as kids. You get silly, especially with lack of coffee. Back at the DEO, Alex confronts Hank about being able to break free and fight a super alien. And he admits that he's not really Hank Henshaw and tells her how his father died, how her father died protecting him and who he really is. His name is John Jones. John Jones. Yeah. Motherfucking Manhunter. Yeah, yeah, from yeah. Mars. <laughs> yeah, and it was, it was nice. It was good build up to it. And Finally. Good reveal, yep. Yeah, well worth it. He, he looks cool. Kind of cheesy CGI, TV CGI, but he looks cool in this. Uh, back at the office, Kara is trying to repair, uh, repair stuff with wind, but he's uh, being kind of cold about it. Awkward looks and soapy stuff. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, Supergirl comes over the cat. She thanks her for the broadcast. And as she flies off, she's ambushed by Aunt Astra and some Kryptonian thugs to end the episode. Which I'm, I'm thinking would lead directly into yours. But, but, but Oh, yeah. It does. Um, a lot in this one, man. It was kind of a dense episode, which is cool. Uh, yeah, which is surprising considering half of the action is contained in the DEO. Yeah. <laughs> so. But... Nice little nod out to aliens, I think, in that. I think we could safely say that's where their head was at with that one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that's never a bad thing, especially with, you know, geez, give me a fight between Alex and Ellen Ripley, and that <laughs> I'll make a night of it, boy. Yeah, that would be interesting. screen. <laughs> yeah. No, this is, uh, I, I, liked, uh, I liked this one. You, you got to do the hero loses their powers gag. Yeah. Regardless of what whatever show it is. And they get to it pretty early on. Yeah, they just got it out of the way, put it on the table there, and yep. Yeah, it, well, I mean, it, it's also doing that with this is especially important. It shows that as incredibly powerful as Kara is, there are limitations. Yeah. And not it, just kryptonite. Right. You know, that's, so. That's always been a kind of the elephant of the room of the, the, the Kryptonian heroes anyway, so it's, yeah. you have to unfortunately kind of do that exposition or the show you know, gets boring real quick or she can't fight anybody except Kryptonians, but yeah, yeah. this helped establish that, you know, it's a good old battle droid war down a bit, so... Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's um, this was uh, and uh, even if we chop all the stuff with Kara out, which is it's all nice stuff, but um, the 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 Martian Manhunter reveal. I mean, that's 
that's the that's the meat right there. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those. And it's and I loved it. I remember watching it, and I I definitely had a feeling. Um, I didn't think that they would end up making Hank evil because they already did that bit with you know the uh, Wells on the Flash. Yeah, the season before, so I was like, uh, yeah, you really can't do that trick twice. So. Um, <laughs> It's nice how they tied it into, you know, Alex's dad's past and you know, yes. did a couple episodes. They built to it. You know, they did a couple episodes of um, them not trusting him and them finding out he was involved. And I dare say, I mean, I'm glad they revealed it when they did. That, that's why I still kick myself for not continuing to watch it when I first saw the pilot, because then I did end up reading somewhere a spoiler you know, that spoiled the whole Martian Manhunter reveal for me before I got to watch it myself. But it was, I mean, people were definitely kind of calling it people that are fans of, of the world. were calling it. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it, it got spoiled pretty damn fast. Yeah. I think regardless. I would have started catching on with I mean, the first time we saw his red eyes. I think I would have probably put it together if I hadn't already known. Um, and especially kind of this, you know, as I said, psychic-powered villain, hmm, you know, we can't beat this guy unless we have Supergirl who's out of commission or someone with psychic powers. It's like, yeah, you're kind of telegraphing now, guys. Yeah. <laughs> but, but at least they didn't treat us like idiots and then drag it out a couple more episodes. They just kind of <laughs> let us have it at the end of this one. So that was yeah. Good. Yeah, it didn't need to be dragged out any longer. <laughs> so... Which is good, because it allows them to do some more interesting things going forward from here. Yeah. And they they kind of, you know, they... they It was a nice segue back to the, the Kryptonian stuff, because this guy was peripherally, you know, um, related to them. So, you know, good, yeah. good old prison break uh, episode and uh, Aliens tribute. So, yeah, thumbs up, um, except for the... The soapy stuff, which which gets to me poor wind. It's, it's it's unavoidable. Yeah, <laughs> Just, it's unavoidable. <laughs> they can. But, I don't know. They they could write it a little. I, I hope that the twenty somethings still don't approach their relationships like they were still fourteen somethings. But uh, <laughs> I haven't been a twenty something in a long time. Yeah, so me I either. Have, I have no frame of reference, and you know, I have no no basis to even. No. So, <laughs> I'm hoping they've learned something from all our mistakes after, you know, all these years and, and not still act like that, but maybe it's uh, human nature, man. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a 20 something and you listen to the show and you have any uh, useful anecdotes regarding this specifically, please write in. Weekly Heroics at yahoo.com. There you go. Still no new emails. But. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, and, uh, maybe, maybe we'll get one for Christmas. Oh, Christmas episode of something. Ooh, <laughs> nice. Well, why don't you take us into uh, episode eight here, Mister Hero? And sure, I will take us into episode eight. Pastor and the crew. Episode eight is titled "Hostile Takeover." So uh, we pick up where we left off. Uh, after being uh, taken down by Aunt Astra and her uh, cronies, Kara fights them off, and Astra then entices Kara to join them, but Kara refuses and leaves. The following morning at CatCo, uh, there's news that's leaked about Cat's email server being hacked. 
revealing embarrassing messages from Cat Grant. Cat asks Kara to bring in the uh, to bring Win in and uh, Win and James for help in trying to clear this up, but it's also contributing to the soap opera between Win and James. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> at the same time, in another part of the universe, Astra is asked by Non, her, her lieutenant and husband, about why she didn't kill Kara, with Astra explaining that she doesn't want to because, at the end of the day, she's family. At the DEO, Kara and Alex practice on each other um, in the uh, exercise room that they've practiced in before. Uh, and Kara starts to get more confident in her abilities the more she becomes unfocused and she gets really angry. Uh, Kara tells uh, Alex tells Kara that the DEO should handle the Kryptonian threat from Astra because of the fact that they're all family. And Alex is then kind of prodding Kara to see if she's going to be willing to do what's necessary, you know, i.e. specifically kill kill the remaining Kryptonians you know even her aunt if necessary so we uh, we get a nice little flashback here to Krypton Krypton um, where Astra goes to meet Kara and she tells her niece that Krypton is dying and the core is unstable and she's trying to save it but she's had to do some bad things to save the world Astra then tells Kara that she was leaving the planet but not before saying goodbye to Kara only to have at this exact time uh, Alora, who's uh, Kara's mom, come in, and she wants to speak with Astra and tells Kara to leave uh, leave the two of them alone. And we'll get back to that later. Back in the present day, at Catco, in a meeting, the board members of Catco Worldwide ask Cat Grant to walk back a little bit and put some distance between herself and the company. After the meeting, Kat tells Kara to keep looking for any more leaks as she suspects board member Dirk Armstrong. Uh, she thinks that he's going to be involved in finding some way to damage her reputation. That's also his porn name. Yeah, was it? <laughs> yes, I'm Dirk Armstrong. Yeah. I'm here to fix your cable. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, all right. So Kara uh, uses her super hearing and she hears Armstrong admitting to having set Kat up. Kara then asks James to enlist Lucy's help in tracking down a paper trail to clear Kat's name. Lucy tells him that Armstrong's actions aren't just unethical but illegal. Suddenly, the three look at a TV set and see Astra is hovering above requesting for Kara to talk to her. Uh, so Supergirl arrives to confront her, which leads to a battle, only to be bested by Astra, who stands over Kara and tells her that Allura was weak and a liar. But Kara says her mother's only weakness was letting Astra live, and then the battle resumes, but uh, relents after she noticed, notices Astra's, Astra's in tears, and she falls unconscious. Kara then takes Astra back to the D.E.O., Wynn uh, now at this point has found a way to hack into Armstrong's servers and James plants a bug in his office computer. They use a diversion uh, and Kara and James narrowly uh, succeed in doing what they need to do. Meanwhile, Astra produces a communicator she and Carrie used on Krypton and tells her it's time that she knew the truth, as she kept the communicator to remind herself of what she was fighting for on Krypton. She tells Kara that Allura betrayed her, but Kara refuses to believe her aunt. 
when she asks whether it was Kara's idea to contact her with the beacon. Uh, and then we're revealed in a flashback where Allura is sentenced, um, Allura's uh, sentencing Astra and Non for murder, despite Astra's pleas to save Krypton, and tells her that Krypton is on the verge of an ecological destruction, but the other Kryptonians won't listen to her. Astra is begging Kara to help her, uh, to help, but her niece leaves. Kara goes to the hologram to ask if Allura had used uh, used her to. Uh, kind of set a sting out for Astra and get her arrested, which the hologram of Allura confirms. And she also asked whether Krypton could have been saved if Astra was right, but the hologram repeatedly says it's unable to answer her second question. Kara breaks down crying and destroys the hologram with her heat vision uh, from frustration. Uh, just clearly stating that her mother has lied to her. Back at work, James does find the information on financial records that have linked Kat to Adam Foster in Opal City, who later uh, they find out is Kat's older son. Uh, she's sued for custody, but she lost and gave up and dropped the lawsuit because she believed that she would just be in his life anyway. Kat says that rather than allow Adam to end up in the middle of a media storm, she's going to resign from uh, Catco. However, at the last minute, thanks to Lucy, Wynn, and James. Saved by the nerds. Yeah. They managed to provide Kat with information on Dirk. Cat uh, confronts Dirk, and later Cat fires Dirk and has him arrested. He's basically, uh, well, he's using he's using the Catco servers and personal uh, in, and work email to um, set up all his nefarious dealings. So um, he can't really complain about being hacked by his own employer because you know if you're going to be on uh, your company's computer, you should probably try to keep the classified stuff where it needs to be. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, Dirk gets arrested. Cat gets to stick around. All right. Afterwards, James apologizes to Wynn, uh, who he clearly realizes uh, really has a thing for Kara. Um, and uh, Wynn does try to downplay his feelings about her, but James says, hey, man, just go tell her you got feelings for her. So we end the episode back at the uh, DEO with Hank and Alex realizing that Astra's plan was to lose, lose the Supergirl as a diversion. Um, they confront Astra just in time to inform them that Non and an army of Kryptonians are invading Lord Technologies right now. When they arrive, Max is ready to greet them with weapons, which he uh, he does use to little effect at the start. Meanwhile, Kara goes uh, to... Yeah, the first one worked fine, and then he st- sat back and bragged and <laughs> That's couldn't it. use it a second time. That's what it was. Yeah, you got the one thing to get the guy in the face, and then after that it was, um, yeah, hey, I'm Max. Check out this thing that worked. All right. Uh, I forgot about that. All right. So um, Kara goes to Kat, and Kara is surprised to learn that Kat has uh, figured out that she was Supergirl, uh, just from going replaying all of the coincidences from the last seven episodes. Kara then gets a call from Alex to meet her at the DEO, and Supergirl arrives to battle with Nod and his army. Uh, and the episode ends with Supergirl and Nod flying at each other, and then the S-Shield comes up, and you get to wait till next week. Yeah. Yeah. Right, let's, let's talk about the red shirts at the DEO for a minute. <laughs> Somebody's got to die. Um, yeah, but... <laughs> I don't think director Henshaw uses his his talent 
very wisely some days. He essentially, the way I saw the scene, watching again, was that him and Alex had kryptonite guns, which weren't working anyway because of their armor, but the rest of them were all shooting regular guns at these Kryptonians that by now someone should know is are pretty much bulletproof. And uh, there were just regular agents dropping, you know, by the dozen in that scene. And it's just like... Um, it's still trained soldiers, though, so, I mean, you got to give them some weapon. <laughs> I suppose so. Uh, it, it was, yeah, okay, but no. Nah. Then you hook them up with a couple more kryptonite knives or something, you know, and you go for the next shot or... <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, what are you supposed to do, not send anybody? <laughs> I mean, somebody's going to go. Well, if you're only going to give two people weapons that even have any hope of, of beating them. They're, they're distractions. They're, they're, uh... Yeah, they're, they're, it's also known as cannon fodder, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even say that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I you know I don't make those, th- those regulations. It says we have to have uh, expendable people on our... On our on our staff, but just hope they're paid well. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Oh yeah, <laughs> government work. It's lucrative. Good death benefits lucrative. anyway for the family. Oh yeah. <laughs> this seems to be a staggering amount of. How did my that. husband die? It was a training accident? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, training against superpowered aliens. He had no hope of beating. Yeah, because they're not going to be. Come on, it's classified. They're not going to get in a straight we're answer. Research on how fast a Kryptonian could actually kill a human being. <laughs> they put their mind to it. <laughs> Sacrifices must be made. Mm-hmm. Eggs and omelets, baby. Uh, so you know that was my only problem with with the episode. Really, <laughs> that it was pretty cool. It's any show where there's military involved. You got to have the the faceless hoi polloi to get shot up. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it probably would have been a good time for. It was for Hank to come back out of the closet again, too, though. And, and, and it's still it touchy ground, you know? Yeah, he did get one of their, their protective shields off and was able to blast him with a kryptonite ray. So he's still using his strength, but he's he's staying on the down low with, with the whole greenness. Well, Just yeah, I mean, well, I mean, that comes back into play. I mean, what do you yeah. do when you find out the head of your Department of Extra Normal Operations is extra normal? Yeah, exactly. So the cat reveal that she that she knew who Kara was 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 not alarming. You know, probably should have she probably should have sussed, sussed it out earlier. Uh, uh, she probably did, but she's also smart enough to keep it on the down low. And it's not, and it's not like Kara confirms it either. Right. Right. You know, Gotta just you gotta see what happens next. Yeah, I'm yeah. B- biting my tongue because I do know what happens next. Yeah, we both do. <laughs> but some good stuff. I, I actually I thought of you while watching it again about the whole, you know, um, cat having this uh, mystery child in her past, you know, and everything. And and that's the thing she's most concerned about. It's like that's really. <laughs> Not a huge thing. No, no, not even that, but just her. I thought it was a nice discussion as being you and I both being adopted people. Um, that discussion between her and Kara and, you know, 
it was kind of the whole adoption triad there. You know, it was the mom that gave the kid up, and well, we didn't get to yeah. hear the kid's opinion, but we got to hear it kind of through Kara's eyes of the kid that was given up and the thoughts they go through, and you know. Yeah, she's just, I mean, she did it to try to spare him, and now it's going to be out in the open. So, I mean, it's one of those things you just got to kind of jump on that grenade. Yeah, yeah. And it'll make it a little bit easier in the long run. Uh, just not, not a, a subject, I think, that gets talked about a lot on TV, so. No, not really. Uh, applause for, for them going there. And kind of shocker, you know, you didn't really expect that to to be Cat's a deep dark secret but no yeah I know kid. wow okay yeah what's well, I mean she has another one but it's yeah, yeah you know that's the acknowledged one so back to Kryptonian stuff this plays out for a little bit and, um, you know uh, on and off till the end of the the, the season actually but um, always some yeah. fun stuff Nan's a fun villain you know? yeah I, I really do like this version of Nan yeah obviously not our our Superman 2 version of Nan but that's that's cool I, I understand he's in the comics he's more like this I think or he has there's been incarnations of him more like this well with the function that this version has to perform him just being a meathead wouldn't work no no so because she's kind of General Zod in this version in a way. Yeah, to a degree, but not, um, you don't get the, the feeling that she's, you know, vicious. She's seditious. Absolutely. Yeah. But not, um, well, they took it to, you know, to climate change, environmental message type thing that she was one of the people trying to, you know, and that's been kind of established like the ruling elite of, of Krypton, you know, were fiddling while Rome was burning. And yeah, so, there's there's no arguing with the higher councils of of Krypton. Yeah, <laughs> hmm, yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, she was kind of the the echo terrorist that was trying to get them to wake up and save the planet, but they just saw an, a terrorist. Yeah, and I mean that's just good drama. You get the family drama because you know her and her mom look uh her and Kara's mom yeah. looking they're twins and yeah. you know what do you do I, I can't you know I, I'm sure it happens what if you got somebody in your family that is a you know a bad guy per se yeah and, and they set up the display you know, what does their, it do to a family yeah and they set up that even you know though Kara really hates her aunt that she still is kind of well they, they threw in the little thing there about you know and Alex is confronting her about being able to kill her or not. She's like, well, Superman doesn't kill. Oh, he doesn't. Yeah, not in this universe anyway, I guess. Oh, really? Uh, Even mad Kryptonians, I guess. I don't know if that was an intentional jab or not, but... (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But Alex also has a good point. This is war, you know, and you may have to... I think they tried to kind of ride the fence on that one. They're like, okay, this is, you know... It made sense this way. It makes sense this way. Yeah. And I mean, you have to kind of set it up as a possibility just for the drama aspect. Yeah. It's like, will she, won't she? But, you know, it, the show actually takes more turns before that. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, that's right around the corner. Nice little, uh, you know, they had they went with the, uh, hopefully just to get it out of the way, they, they went with the cliche of villain, you know, meant to get captured. Uh, we've seen that a million times before, but uh, Loki and Dark Knight and, you know, the list goes on. Yes, yes, it does. That's, I'm, I'm kind of over it. Yeah. You know, hey. I'm over it, but um, 
Yeah, it's, it's a sound tactic. It always seems to work. So I mean, well, yeah, <laughs> that's why villains keep going to that well. I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, in Loki's case, I I, I, I understood it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then uh, I guess with the Dark Knight as well. This one, they could have just talked it out while flying around and fighting each other. They could have all that same information could have come out without her being captured. <laughs> Well, if she, you know, just needed a distraction from what the other Kryptonians were doing, she could have just gone and juggled a couple of bridges somewhere or something. That's and, true. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's do some fucking knocking down buildings with, you know, whatever, with a train, you know, whenever she wanted. You could have drawn Kara out. But yeah. Maybe she didn't want her, her cousin to show up, you know, who's mysteriously missing during all these Kryptonian shenanigans, but hey, he can't be everywhere at once. No, and he, and he couldn't even legally be on the show yet, and and other than boots and the bottom of a cape, so we'll give Soup the pass on that one. <laughs> well, the show, like I keep saying, the show is called Supergirl. It's yeah. her story. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that they. I'm actually glad they don't have. They don't feel like they need to hold our hand every week and be like, "Gee, I wish we could get Superman in on this," but he's <laughs> off in the Beta Galaxy right now fighting. Whoever, <laughs> Despero, the real Despero, the real Despero, please stand up. Yeah, well, Je- Jem's a real Jem's a real character, so yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they're definitely doing deep pulls, but yeah. it's, you know, for the most part, it's, it's stuff that's already pre-established. So I think that's about it. Yeah, I don't really have much more to add. Uh, this 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 back to back, you know. Actually, these last three episodes have kind of boom, 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 all followed one along one another, and then the next episode is too. I mean, that picks up, I believe, right with the with the throwdown. Yeah, which I got to say, I was also very impressed with with the flying battles in this one. I thought the effects looked really good. A couple of the explosions were a little sketchy. But in in general, they really got the the flying battles and the landings and and all yeah. the flying stuff. Just really, just like the Flash running over there, they they really have focused on and perfected their their core power set. Yeah, they don't. They definitely us. don't wimp out on the powers when they actually do show them. No. And it's, I mean, you can make you know, I, if I had the time, I could sit down and make us look like we're flying. It'd be yeah. friggin' hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> but you know. Put a little tiny angel wings on both of us. They're like, how is it lifting these two up? <laughs> yeah, there was but, only one time that I, I really caught one that I I could see that was a harness, you know, a harness lift. Um, I think it was one of the Kryptonians in the in the main battle there. But other than that, yeah. man, they 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 really do impressive stuff on a TV budget. Yeah, uh, yeah, they do. It also had CBS money behind it at this time. Yeah, so yeah, yeah it never hurts. Yeah. No. Well, the stuff we've seen so far on the CW has been pretty equal quality, too. Yeah, yeah, it has. So, and then that may hopefully they didn't just blow the whole budget on the the first couple episodes. No, there, no. <laughs> we shall see. But yeah, we're going to continue. I said at least till like this the end of this arc, we'll keep pumping out some Supergirl episodes, and mm-hmm. we'll kick back to the other stuff which some of it may sound way out of context because we recorded some of it a long time ago. And apologies in advance for that, but I'll try to edit most of the coming up next week. And this is episode blah, blah, blah that we probably put in the other shows um, like a moron. Said, for some reason, I thought I was going to stay on point. <laughs> yeah. Eh. And, uh, you know. 
<laughs> but then I got watching this crazy show and decided we had to deviate. Uh, anywho, uh, Mr. Hero, thanks again. Anytime. You like cheap comic books, right? Well, I'm Professor Allen, and I talk about cheap comic books on the Quarterbin Podcast. In every episode, I'll dissect a single comic from my collection, as long as I paid no more than 25 cents for the issue. Forget about $4 new comics that you can read in four minutes, or crossover events that can cost 100 bucks to collect. Join me in the Quarterbin, where even bad comics are a bargain, and good ones are a steal. The Quarterbin Podcast is part of the Relatively Geeky Podcast Network. Visit us at relativelygeekypodcast.blogspot.com or search Relatively Geeky or Quarterbin Podcast in iTunes. I guarantee it'll be worth every penny. <laughs>